Hello, and welcome to Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence, Oregon, and Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. Today's podcast focuses on coping skills and advice for the great tradition of college application season. Joining me for this discussion are three members of Work To Be Well's National Student Advisory Council who are gonna share their experiences, their woes, their excitement, and their advice to get through one of life's rituals. Now, as a reminder, the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended, nor is it implied, to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Let's get started by having each of you introduce yourself, where you're from, and how's this going for you? Okay, well, I'll start us off. Hello, everyone. My name is Charlie Hughes. I am a senior, obviously, from Connecticut, and I'm so excited to be here with you guys. I have a lot to say about college applications. So far, the process is going okay, but it's exhausting, and we're just making our way through it. So yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Hi, guys. I'm William. I live in Missouri, and yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I think that college applications is so chaotic. I mean, we can get into that later, but yeah, I have, I have a lot to say, and it, it's definitely going. It's going, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is uh, Germany Herrera. I'm from Dallas, Texas, and this process has been um, very stressful, but I, I know it'll turn out well in the end. Well, I want to know, you know, there's always some interesting things that happen during this process. But I guess one of my first big questions is, is this at all what you expected when you went into college applications this fall? Well, I am a self-described how hard can it be person. And (laughs) I think that that's one of my biggest faults is um, my default for everything is like, oh, I could handle it. How hard could it be? As it turns out, pretty freaking hard. So yeah, that's kind of, I guess, I anticipated not feeling so much stress over the writing process, things like development. I did not anticipate as many iterations of essays and different components of the application that I ended up going through. But overall, I think I also underestimated the support that I would be getting from the people around me who are like really rooting for me and want me to do well. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought that I was going to get more of like a jump start on the process, but one thing about me is that I am like the worst procrastinator ever. I need to fix it. And my mom tells me that I get it from my dad. But like, I guess it's hereditary procrastination. But I'm so bad at procrastinating. So I've been putting everything off. And like, it's all coming now at once. And so very stressful. But I think one thing that's kind of different is like, I mean, I feel like I'm getting support. But at the same time, I think it's something that like, especially my parents, the college application process now is so different. So like, I feel like they don't really know how to navigate that. And like, I don't know if they know how to give me support really. I agree with that, definitely. I think Mm -hmm. um, I'm first generation, so my parents didn't go through the college process. So it's been very, I feel very like isolated in it and like that no one around me kind of understands. But I mean, it's, it's helped a lot talking to students, like even people in, the NSAC members or in other organizations, 
it, it feels like I'm not alone because everybody else is like kind of struggling in the same way. So it it's not as isolating as I thought it would be, but definitely very stressful. Oh, I cannot imagine going through this as like a first generation person who doesn't have parents with experience with college. So like shout out to you, Germany. That's awesome. And William, I totally feel you. I over the summer, I had a junior, someone who was a rising junior, ask me if my Common App essay was finished yet. And I realized <laughs> that I was it. I was I was way out of my league there. I was like, you mean started, right? And she was like, no, finished. So I mean, I think it's also such a big thing for me because I don't know if it's the same at your guys' schools, but at my school, everyone, all they're talking about is college applications. And I'm like, okay, so like all you're talking about is that. And like, I'm hearing like, oh yeah, I just got all of mine submitted, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I am so behind. (laughs) (laughs) It's so exhausting to hear about that all the time. I know. It's like, you can never get a break from it. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it popping up on social? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's also because I do follow some accounts that are kind of like supposed to help you, but I need to unfollow those because it's just like, oh, like, yeah, I already knew, like, stop shoving it in my face. Now I can't even get a break anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's just, especially with social media, it's so hard because, you know, the only, I have to keep in mind that the only people who pop up are the people who want me to know how far they are along in the process and how well they're doing. Like people who are on the same level as me where they're like really fighting for their lives in this process are not the ones who are publicizing it because it does like, it feels isolating. It feels like I'm the only one who's like really having a hard time with this, which obviously we know isn't true, but you know, that can definitely be really hard with social media. And it's so easy to compare yourself to like the the model student on social media, especially I see it a lot on TikTok. They're like, oh, I did this, this, this to get into like this amazing school. And it's like, I didn't do any of that. And I feel so like it, it, it definitely does eat away at you a little bit. So sometimes getting away from social media is, is necessary, especially right now. Am yeah. I the only one who thinks that everyone and their mother has a nonprofit? Oh my god. <laughs> a so true. Oh my god. I can't, I can't. It's like amazing. Every research. other person. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, but honestly, I my um friends and I are all professional nonprofit haters. If you have a nonprofit power to you, that's amazing. I hope that you're doing work that you're passionate about. But my friends and I think that if you are doing a nonprofit for only college apps, it's probably pretty obvious that you're doing it only for college apps. And admissions officers really do not dig that. And the amount of those that get abandoned afterwards, like they literally oh, yeah. just get up and abandon all that work that they did. And also it's like so many of those are like low impact. Like you did not have to get like the 501c3, like whatever for that. Like you just got it to get it. Like. You could they got still tax do it, like, status for fun. I know, like you could still <laughs> be doing that work and be making an impact without that. Like, <sighs> oh my god, that's awesome! I didn't know that this whole nonprofit thing was a thing. So that's oh, yeah. the latest thing, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone who's everyone who's anyone in college applications has a nonprofit, apparently. Oh, I love I love all these like comparisons in this world of last. You know, last season we were comparing. I don't know, different hairstyles. This season, we're comparing the quality of your common application essay. Okay, I'm dying to know, how are those essays going? What are you writing about? 
Okay, I'm I'm not gonna lie. The college, the Common App essay is actually like the single piece of writing that I'm most proud of that I've ever produced. And I think it's probably because I went through a phase where I was spending like an embarrassing amount of time on that essay. At first I was writing about refrigerators and making refrigerators a metaphor for my life. And my most current revision, which is the one that I submitted is about cold emails and how I send cold emails when I'm seeking opportunities that aren't readily available to me. But in general, I just think that Common App essays are something that are very doable, but only if you chip at, chip away at them a little bit at, at a time. Don't try to bang out your your Common App essay in one night. I've, I just took a few weeks straight where it's like, okay, 20 minutes every day, I'm going to work on my essay. And that time delegation was like really important in my process. I honestly think that the Common App is like, so much pressure because at least for the other ones I feel like you have more leading prompts but for the common app it's like how do I like tell you my entire being personality like it's like how am I supposed to convey who I am through like this 600 word essay it feels like so much pressure and like especially like people also on social media going back to that like they post their common apps and you're like oh like I <laughs> it's like you feel like you have to have something terrible happen to you to be able to write a good essay sometimes. <laughs> between like the, I hate the letter S essay. Oh That's always God. a fun yeah, one. I know exactly. I've <laughs> like read it so many times and it's like, I what I'm writing does not compare to like something like that. And it, it, it feels so like, maybe I'm not, I'm not doing it like I'm supposed to, but there's only so much you can write about in 600, well, it's like 650 words. And it's like, it's so hard. Congrats, you have 650 words to convince a board that's gonna review your application for five minutes that you're better than every other 17 year old they're looking at. And determine your life. Yeah. So you can get into the school you want. Ironically, I saw a TikTok that was making fun of the whole process. And it was about this girl who was writing her essay and her teacher told her that it was a terrible idea. And she and everyone was going around the room and they had all these crazy ideas. And she was like, oh, I wish I had a terrible life. And <laughs> that, that's literally what Common App Season does to you. But I just think it's also like really a time in that way to reflect on your privilege and reflect on the things that have, that have kind of shaped who you are and shaped what you're writing about. And I mean, just like in a general sense what is your essence? Like, what do you want to put into this? What do you want people to know about you? And I think that that's one of the cool things about college applications that you get to like, really do some introspection and think about how you want people to see you. Yeah, I was gonna say like, as much as I like genuinely hate the college application process, like, it's like, at least I like feel like I'm almost like getting a better understanding of myself by like, putting these things on paper, like I'm learning about myself as well. And I feel like it's also a time where you kind of get to like, in some ways, like pat yourself on the back and be like, because you're kind of like trying to sell yourself to like these people. So it's kind of like, sometimes I feel like I'm giving myself a pat on the back for the work I've done or like who I am. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, for me, when I was doing my Common App, I kind of realized that I do a lot more than I realized I do because day to day, it just feels like you're living your life. But then when you look, it's a good chance to like look back on how far you've come and yeah. just like, kind of process that because it can be a little bit wild to think about, you know, four years summed up, a whole lifetime of work summed up. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. Well, you know, 
I'm always curious. I, I get the Common App prompt, but many of you applied to colleges that don't use the Common App. And some of them have fairly provocative, fairly interesting, and sometimes quite hilarious prompts. And I think it's, isn't it the University of Chicago that does? Oh, yeah. No, I was literally about so to say wild. that in my class the other day, somebody brought it up, like those weird prompts where it's like, isn't one of them like, what is X or something? Yeah, there were, University of Chicago had so many weird ones. I'm not going to lie. I took a glance at that application and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Yeah, no, immediately when I like heard about like the quirky essays or whatever, I was like, mm -hmm. no, like I can't. <laughs> That's not going to work for me. I was filling out Harvard's three things you'd want a roommate to know about you. And uh, that was that was enough of a challenge in itself. Oh, wait, I kind of like those roommate ones, though. I feel like it kind of takes you out of it and makes you feel like, oh, like, wait, I'm a person. Because <laughs> <laughs> you feel like a robot after a little while. You do. Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, yeah, I'm talking about, oh, I want to do this with my life, want to do that. But you kind of, like, forget. Um, yeah. But my sister goes to the University of Chicago, so she, oh. like, did the whole thing. And oh, that right. essay, she wrote about, what is it? I think it was, like, dividing by zero. Like, what can be divided by zero? She gets like the honors for that essay because everybody that reads it they love it but it's like i don't know how i would be able to come up with something like that because she went on this whole like tangent about what you can divide about zero and like how it was like a social construct and stuff like that yeah. that's amazing that's that that's the essay the the one that uh i really wanted to do a talk to be well episode at some point and have people riff on the different prompts from the university of chicago i think that was really entertaining <laughs> I think it's cool that it gives you so much freedom, but at the same time, it's like a lot of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, transitioning from the college application experience to how, how do you decide where you're going to apply to? I mean, I hear people talking about you apply to a few places, you know, you're going to get in, you apply to a few places you want to get in, and then you have your stretch schools. And that's different for everybody. How did you come up with where's the places you're going to apply? How did you make those decisions? Well, for me, you know, yeah, everyone says that you have this triangle and at the very top of the triangle is your stretch schools. You got one or two of those in the middle, your target, your reach, and on the bottom your safeties. And you have the most of those. I took the triangle and inverted it. So <laughs> <laughs> I um, did not really take advice. I'm applying to five stretch schools and one safety school. And for me, I just really felt like that. I looked at myself and I looked at what I knew my application would look like and what my priorities were. And I just felt, I felt that I'd be very happy going to the safety school that I'd apply to. And I looked at all of my schools and I just thought, will I be happy here? And what do I want to do here? And I'm very lucky that I have parents who really did not want to pay for a lot of uh, submission fees because they were like, do you really want to go here or do you just want to apply here for the prestige? And I'm like, that is a very good question. And it's probably the latter if you even have to ask. Yeah, just like really asking yourself the tough questions about your priorities and why you want the things you want. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I feel like I'm totally in the same boat in terms of like one safety. Like I absolutely know I'm going to get in and I'm like going to be happy if that's the only school I got into. Like I'm fine with going in there. I mean, like my sister goes there too. So it'd just be fun. And I was like, I don't think that there has to be like this formula to it that a lot of people make it out to be. I feel like I tend to overthink this whole like, oh, safety, because I know I have like, uh, like Charlie was saying it, like I know what I bring to the table, but I doubt myself so much mm -hmm. to the point where it's like, 
I, it's a safety school, 80% acceptance rate. Can I even get in? But it's like, I know that I could, but I doubt myself on what. And also like our school does um, like fee waivers. So mm-hmm. what I like Charlie has that limiting factor that kind of makes you narrow down your list. For us, it's like just apply because it's free. But so it makes it kind of more difficult. And also like we were talking about like before we got, before we started recording it, the follow-up to each individual application is no joke. You apply with an essay and two supplementals, but then you have to do, you have to like do some tests, prove that you can do this, that like I have to prove that like my proficiency in calculus for a couple schools. And it's like, I did not expect this coming in. Like I didn't at all. Wow. Did any of you apply for early admission anywhere? Yes, I did. How did that I process work? I think that's like <laughs> sets me apart from a lot of people. I just like <laughs> I was like, no, like I can't. <laughs> for me, it it kind of introduced a lot more overthinking because everyone talks about the regular applicant pool, but you know, you can't help but wonder like, am I screwing myself over here by putting myself in a pool that I know is gonna be a lot more competitive? Or is it really giving me an advantage? Mm-hmm. Things like that. And then there's just making sure that you have a submittable application by the time that deadline rolls around. So like, don't be like me because the night before November 1st, the deadline for early applications, I was on the phone with one of my best friends and he was recapping everything that was wrong with all of my supplemental essays, all five of them. And he only told me that one was okay because it had, and this is a direct quote here, no egregious errors. So (laughs) that was something to live through. Honestly, if you don't want to go early anywhere, that's fine. Because giving yourself extra time is like always just going to serve you well. Okay, wait, I have a story that's a lot like Charlie's because I had a friend who was applying early and she was literally writing four essays on the day that they were due. So I was like on FaceTime with her trying to help her write these essays. And it was like, I was getting like secondhand stress. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, ah, it's crazy. And I feel like people put so much pressure on like applying early, like, oh, you're only going to get in if you apply early, like you have to apply early, apply early. But there's also a regular decision pool. Yeah, like people say that the acceptance rates are higher, but then I'm like, if you apply early, but then I'm like, isn't that just because like the more like smart people apply earlier? Or is that like, can someone explain that to me? No, yeah, it's quality of candidates. So generally, I mean, I can't speak to all schools, but at most schools that I know of, like especially the elite ones, like your top 20s, what your decision in early and your decision in regular are probably going to be pretty comparable, but like, it's just a matter of in early decision, all of your candidates are stronger. So you get a higher acceptance rate. That's even like double sometimes just because the quality of candidates is like crazy. So yeah, actually Germany, I had the opposite experience where I had people making me very nervous a few days before deadlines for early decision because um, I was just so worried that I was like ruining my shots by applying early. But you know, it's okay, we're working through it. So what's the perfect college look like? If you had to describe your perfect college, your perfect college experience, what would that college have? So I actually went, it was this past summer, so in July, I went on this college tour with our school. So we went um, through the South and then went all the way to Pennsylvania. Like we traveled, it was like two weeks, it was like a road trip. And we visited a bunch of colleges. It was actually really cool and it was super fun. That is cool. 
yeah, it was it was super fun. And for me, a, a smaller college, not not super small, but between like five and seven thousand. My school has four thousand, four thousand five hundred. So it that's like a pretty good range for me with a lot of nature and not in a city. I do not like the city. That's what I learned on that trip. Wow, that's cool. I think for me, well, to preface, like kind of no idea, but like if very much in general, I do think I like being in a city. I don't know. I like having like a lot of stuff going on around me. To be honest, that's something that happens a lot with me. I'm just like, we'll see. Like, (laughs) we'll see what's the perfect college. Like, I don't know. Honestly, for me, I like tried not to approach the whole thing with this like construct in my brain of exactly what I wanted. Because for me, that's just like setting me up for disappointment because then I'm going to have this image in my brain. And if whatever college I go to doesn't achieve that perfect, that like perfection, then I feel like I'm not going to appreciate it like it should be appreciated. So I just like try to take everything with an open mind. And with that, I will say that my perfect college has good food and (laughs) yeah, good food. (laughs) Okay, that's funny that that your perfect college has good food. I have yet to hear anybody describe a college by their food as being good. Uh, But, you know, know, uh, comparatively. Have you seen the TikToks that are like of like the buffet at like certain colleges? Oh, and like rating the food. The Yale buffets, yes. I I live a little while from Yale. I'm like a half hour from Yale, right in Connecticut, and I can confirm the Yale food is um universally approved. <laughs> That's amazing. I I never hear I never hear anybody talking about college food as being good. There we go. That's an awesome thing. Well, as you sit here in this application process. What are you doing to take care of yourself? Because this is stressful. What are some things you're doing to take care of you? Charlie, you talked about making sure that you're carving out 20 minutes a day, which is not everybody has that kind of discipline. Kudos to you. Yeah, thank you. Um, It did take me a while to get there. But when I was like at the beginning of the school year, you just look at this massive work that you have to do and you become so overwhelmed. And that's like a really universal experience. So for me, it just became a game of discipline and a game of like, if I need to take a break for a day, then that's not something to be ashamed of because, you know, you have this massive work that you've been accumulating and you know that you're working hard. So it's just that daily reminder that you're doing everything you can and there's no need to put pressure on a process that ultimately doesn't really care about you as an individual. Because I mean, admissions officers, shout out to them. They're doing some like insane volumes of work right now. But at the end of the day, somebody taking a five minute glance at your application in no way describes who you are as a human being and their decision based on that in no way describes the work you've done, the prowess you have, your potential. Just that daily reminder has been really important to me and just giving myself breaks. I struggle a lot with this because I I, I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself to like do like back to back work. And I feel like if and this has been a thing for me for a long time is if I'm not doing something that I'm like being lazy, but that's not true. If you're taking time for yourself, that's not being lazy. That's taking care of yourself. And I think like, especially with like the, the whole admissions process, it's so stressful that you have to take time and like find different outlets that kind of keep you sane. Cause if not, you will lose your mind. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I think the best thing that I'm doing right now is just making 
my house a place that is like college free so like i told my parents i was like don't ask me questions about college applications don't ask me questions about college because i just need home to be somewhere where like it's like nothing about college so like if i'm going to work on my applications i go somewhere else or i work on my applications at school because i have a free period i'm like anti having college in my house like i need it to be like i need my house to be like a safe space for me like a, somewhere where like i am never thinking about college because if it's like infiltrating like every area of my life i mean i'm gonna lose it <laughs> that's actually so, such a good point william that's a really good point i want you to imagine for a minute here in our last few minutes that we're talking to a bunch of college admissions officers and they're the ones who are listening to this podcast what is the most useless thing you've done in the college application process that you would change what advice would you give to college application officers that is a really tough question i know right <laughs> um, wow honestly maybe just some like universal supplementals like we have a universal common app essay because tell me why i have to answer basically the same supplemental for like three or four schools because we all know that every single student is just copying and pasting they're not fooling anyone i think also something that i've seen in like the few of the schools that i've applied to is like that you have to self-report your grades instead of transcripts. I I don't know like the purpose of that. If someone can explain that to me, what's the difference between self-reporting and, and your transcript if it's a, like an official document? But yeah, that it takes a long time. And it'll, it's also kind of stressful because you're like, if what if I do something wrong and now they think I'm like trying to do something when I'm not, it's just, it's a lot of grades. It's like all your high school career that you have to type yourself, which I think gets really overwhelming. Wow. Yeah, that's so real. I have no idea why that exists. Yeah, no, I was about to say like, oh, this is hard because there's so many stupid things that we have to do. <laughs> but I don't know, I can't even think of a specific. I think just like overall, it needs to be less hard to like, they just need to make it more understandable. Like if I didn't have people that I could go to to ask about some of these things, I would be so lost right now. Like they just i think like it just needs to be a more accessible process because not everyone has these resources and like i don't know i just think it's kind of dumb my guidance counselor <laughs> is such a lifesaver i don't know where i'd be without that woman every single day i'm like i have one more question i promise i won't have any more questions and there i am the next day i'm in this program for it's like upward bound it helps you with like college and stuff and me with my coordinator, that lady is on speed dial. I love her with my entire heart. And if I, it wasn't for her, I would lose my mind even more than I already am. Well, everybody out here in the work really well world is rooting for you all to get into your dream college because your dream college is actually going to be the place where you land and you're going to have an awesome, wonderful time. Make the best of it. And we're going to come back around in the spring and hear where you're headed because at the end of the year, you know, we always like to do that episode where we talk about where are you going? I can't wait to hear where you all land. Promise me you'll come back in a few months and tell us where you're headed. Thank you so much for joining us today and joining me on Talk To Be Well and sharing your inside advice on the college application process, especially with those college admission counselors who are listening to us right now. You've got some good advice on things you should probably take a look at. If you are looking for support with your mental health, check us out at worktobewell.org. That's work2bewell.org. Also, if you're looking for any type of advice for your health, mental health, other types of things, you can check us out at providence.org as well. 
My name's Dr. Robin Henderson. I'm your host, and this is Talk to Be Well. Be well, everybody.